Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Sponsored by Dext. With Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. It's the International Accounting Forum 2022. It's Rob Brown here with the Waldorf Hotel in London, and it's a collection of the good and the great in the accounting and fintech world. And I've got one of the greats here. It's Andy Gleason from Ignition. Hi, Andy. How are you? We're doing great. Now, Andy, big event for Ignition. Why are you guys here? Well, for us, this is really key for networking and the brand. We love, we love working with these guys here. We were here last year as well, so we sponsor one of the awards as well. And you're a people person, you like getting out and about. It must have killed you with this COVID thing and the social isolation. Well, yes, yes, um, a people person, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is great to be back out. Um, obviously, we had a couple of years where, where we were all um, at home and not being able to, to meet and, and network with all of our friends in the industry. But so, yeah, getting back out and about is great. And it's not just you having conversations with accountants here, Andy. I've seen you talking to a lot of the other vendors. You're quite collaborative in your approach, aren't you? You want yeah, to hear what they're going exactly through. Exactly that. So my role is the strategic partnerships manager. So yeah. for me, it's just as important to, to meet with the other vendors, see who's exhibiting here. There's some new faces and some, some new names that I haven't seen before. So, yeah, great to, to meet and network with those guys as well. And when you look at the vendor industry, we, we call it perhaps an accounting profession and a fintech software industry that serves them. Yeah. What are the challenges that you guys are having in serving, selling to and through accountants? Because um, we hear a lot about the challenges that accountants are having. Yeah, I think, I, honestly, I think the challenges are very similar. Um, we hear from accountants a lot, it's about people, it's about staff, it's about recruiting. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest with you, we have the same challenges. Because sure. um, you're growing as well. You've exactly got that, we're growing as well. We've had, uh, Ignition have had investment recently. We've had a, a full rebrand as well. Yeah. Um, it feels like things are really snowballing for us in the UK at the moment. So our teams are growing. And as with the accounting industry, finding those, finding the right staff and really good staff is, is proving a challenge for us as well. We hear how busy accountants are. As you start conversation with them, how hard is it to get through, to get their attention, to get them to take your call, to get them to have a conversation with you? Yes, again, that, that is really a challenge. That is really a challenge. And like I say, I think that with Ignition, I feel like I, our star is shining a bit at the moment. And yeah. so people are starting to take our calls a little bit more. They're coming to you yeah, sometimes. Some, sometimes, yeah. yes, exactly That's that. That's nice. We just recently, won the practice app of the year award at the zero awards Congratulations. Um, and things like that tend to open doors and people tend to be a little bit more accommodating to to taking your phone call and listening to what you've got yeah. to say what makes a good strategic partner andy you're very good at this role we know there are people out there that are not so good at, at the partnership thing yeah. but other people that really really get it yeah so for me in all honesty it's actually being about open to the various different initiatives understanding that there are opportunities to work with everybody within this industry okay and it may not necessarily be something that immediately jumps off the page as a partnership but if you're open to again building those relationships looking for those synergies you can do some some real good things and there's many different forms and formats of a partnership a strategic alliance isn't mm. there and i guess part of your role is molding the clay so you can see the masterpiece between two interested parties exactly that exactly that i think that when you first think about partnerships especially from a, a vendor's perspective you you talk talk about integrations and how can the products work together but actually it's more about how can you service 
the accountants right. um, well and, and where are the, the, the cohesions that, that your product offering and your partner's pro product offering can kind of bring to the, the accounting industry. What do you do, Andy, when you're talking to another vendor where perhaps some of their offering cuts across yours? Is it the pie is only so big, so if I get relinquish that then you get it and I lose out or it's the more of an abundance approach yeah it is more of an abundance approach yeah, yeah you're right there is definitely overlap in yes. terms of the products and and it tends to, to be that actually the partners where there's slight overlap is you're probably looking at the same segment of the industry and and the same segment of the workflow so they tend to be the ones that that you work with more right. um, but you just have to come to that amicable agreement commercial agreement that kind of you either don't broach that area of the conversation yeah and you just limits. look at yeah exactly you just look at the unique offerings that you both have um, but yeah just just happens to be uh, a part of the strategic partnerships role is just negotiating and, and navigating that aspect of it. I was just going to bring up that negotiation word because there'll be all kinds of commercial deals arrangements uh, kickbacks want a better phrase, commissions, yeah. affiliate, introducer fees, all kinds of things, yeah. data sharing. How do you begin putting together some any kind of strategic partnership deal? Honestly, it's that you're right. There are there are a lot of moving parts with with a with a strategic partnership agreement. A lot of trust actually, as well. But exactly. So actually it tends to be a lot or or the day-to-day -day tends to be a lot more simple than that. Right. You will put together a marketing initiative, a go-to-market initiative, and it might just be as simple as a data share. It yeah. might just be as simple as brand awareness. A quick win. Exactly that. Where, where, where can we bring something to, to the industry that's, that we can turn around quickly and just, and, and we both get something back from it? Now, there are the larger, longer-term strategic partnership deals where you have to navigate all of those various aspects that you've just mentioned but they, they take a lot more planning, a lot more negotiating, and then the, the, the partnership itself tends to have a lot more structure to it. Mm. And you just have to broach each element of that individually and, and, and see what is gonna work best for, for both parties. Yeah, a big part of the strategic partnership space must be collaboration on content, thought leadership, putting good quality stuff out there for the accountants to take notice of. Absolutely, absolutely. And again, that's why that's why I love being part of the Air Group as well. Um, I know that Ignition have, have, have always engaged with you guys because we do get to meet those partners where we can put collaborate and put that content out into the market. And again, it's, it's not necessarily commercially driven. It's about delivering value back out to the accountants yeah. in the industry. And for listeners that don't know the Air Group that Andy refers to, that's the Accounting Influencers Roundtable. It's a door opening club of vendors, coaches, consultants, trainers that serve and sell to and through the accounting profession. It's great to have Ignition in there with you and Emma. What kind of challenges are accountants having specifically that Ignition can speak into? So as a client engagement and payments platform, the area that we, we really solve for is that um, client proposal stage. Now, right now, speaking across the industry, that is still quite a manual process. Everything's yeah. done through Word documents and templates. And Tedious. Exactly that. <laughs> and we hear, we hear that these things can take hours depending yeah. on the client. So really and truthfully, again, as, as a lot of the, the vendors and apps in our space, it's about just making that process more efficient, streamlining the processes for them. How much can you automate it though? Because a lot of deals, proposals, pitches, they're quite bespoke 
clients that, are unique, businesses are unique. Yeah, you that, can't template all of it, can you? Can you can't template all of it, no. You can template a lot of it. Right. That, that's, that's, the, that's the idea behind it. Um, a lot of the service lines are repeated within the within the industry. Obviously, they're they're, they're annual as well. So yeah. there's the there's the re-engagement of clients on an annual basis. And again, a lot of that can be templated and automated, and just made made much smooth smoother process. You've probably seen Andy the way some vendors are trying to bypass the accountants and get to the clients themselves because they have the data on them. Uh, it's not. It doesn't seem to me to be a smart play. What would Comple you, what absolutely would you take completely agree with you. Yeah. Um, I have seen you it. You know the kind the of things I'm talking about. Yeah, don't you? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go, going straight after the, straight directly for the for the SM, SME market. SME, yeah. And yeah. I, I can understand the attraction of that. Yeah. Um, because obviously there's just the, the, the addressable market is, is, is much huger, but I feel that the accountant the accountant industry being that trusted advisor, mm. I feel that it is always, um, you always tend to build much more rewarding and longer term customers when you go through that accounting channel. Yeah. When accountants choose a piece of software to do a particular job, a lot of them are head down, very tactical, I've got this problem, I need this tool to fill this job. Whereas a lot of conversations I'm having are encouraging accountants to be more strategic and holistic with their thinking and put a, the right stack or the ecosystem yeah. in place. I guess you have a lot of conversations like that. Absolutely, yeah. And What else are we working as, with well, here? As you know, Rob, I've been kind of working in this, this app space for a number of years now yeah. for a couple of different vendors. But I, I definitely feel that mind shift that the accountants are thinking about it now as an app stack. Yeah. What do I need to do? What do I need to have in place? What's best of breed? What's best in market for that specific problem that I'm trying to solve? And it's and then they're going out, they're going to come into events like this, the larger the larger events that we go to like on an annual basis and they're looking to to implement the, the right product that, that solves for their needs and their clients' needs as yeah. well. What's going to happen in the future, Andy, for accounting firms that neglect the onboarding, the proposal stuff, the kind of stuff that Ignition do? They just feel, hey, the clients come to us, we'll give them a price, we'll get them in, and we'll start doing what we have to do. Yeah, of course. Um, now, I think that, I think that obviously that 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 has been the way for so long. I yeah. don't think I don't think it's going to cause them like ultimate damage. And but I just think that. The, the industry is becoming more and more faster paced. We've got MTD it's around the corner, which is gonna bring a lot more of short-term kind of relationships and services, and just automating that is gonna, it's gonna make their, their lives so much easier and not get them bogged down in the kind of admin side of, of actually delivering those yeah. services to those clients. Andy, you've been in this game a long term. What keeps your energy up because you're a very passionate guy you yeah. sound like you're excited and you're up for the fight so yeah. what keeps you going I, it, honestly it's the pace that this industry moves at I really like love, that yeah I really love that like I say I, I came into I came into the industry just kind of before cloud accounting really took off in the UK when are we talking there so we are talking around about 2000 and 
2008, 2010. Yep. Um, and, and it's just moving so fast. And again, like I say, we was at the large events. There's, there's new vendors in the, in the market space. There's new ways to become, to automate and become efficient. And, and yeah, I just, and, and delivering that, that value back is, I find it really enjoyable. And like yeah. I say, I like the pace that it moves at. Yeah, and final thoughts then, Andy. Let's just cast your brain ahead to the next two or three years. Obviously, we've had a lot of change over the last two or three years. Yeah. If you and I are stood here talking in a few years' time, what kind of things do you think we'll be talking about? Is it much the same as we are now, or do you I, think there'll I be think, new plays I, in I town? think there'll be new plays. I think the payment space is just on fire at right. the moment. Okay, um, in what way? Just in terms of open banking is now coming in, and I think that that's going to... Like I think that that's going to change the the some of the longer-standing payment vendors. I think that they they are going to be kind of shook up by some of the new the yeah. new players in the market. The disruptor. The, yeah, exactly that. The disruptors out there. And then I also feel that that just in terms of, again, it's it's the same as open banking, the blockchain, cryptocurrency, all of those things. I don't. I think there's things that we haven't even thought of yet that. That somebody is out there working on um, that will disrupt the yeah. disrupt the industry. A final thought from you, almost as words of encouragement to the accountants mm. listening, Andy. What message would you give to them about the importance of getting the client experience right? Um, I think it's that old age adage of, of a happy client will will become a loyal client, and so if you can make that any part of that relationship that process seamless and enjoyable for the client, um, they will see the value in that and, and see the value in, in, in you as their accountant. And Ignition's obviously the way to go with that, right? Ignition is the way to go with that. <laughs> Andy Gleason, that's been great. Thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, appreciate it. Accounting Influencers Broadcast Network presents Success in Accounting. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly, really fly. Hi, it's Rob Brown here. We're at the International Accounting Forum and Awards 2022. It's live and I'm here with Anne-Catherine Steinroder from ETL Global. Hello, Anne-Catherine. Hello, Rob. Nice to meet you here. Have you, is it your first time at this or have you been to many of these no, before? No, first time here. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what is the vibe? How are you feeling as you walk into this madness? Well, as I have not been to many of those uh, occasions, uh, I feel a bit like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> What are your objectives, Anne-Catherine, when you come to something like this representing ETL Global? Well, my objectives, of course, are to get connected, to get to know the other players, to get to know people, um, to make ourselves known, because we're still a very young network and not known to many um, of the colleagues. So, um, yeah, and obviously, um, as many of the networks and associations are based in London, uh, we are a bit outside of this world. and. Um, yeah, so it's more difficult for us to make us make ourselves known. Yeah, so it is good to stay connected yes, at things exactly, like this. Exactly. Yes. Do you like events like this? Once in a while, yeah. So I'm not I'm not the typical uh, conference uh, shopper. So I'm not like. Uh, well, the, the simple reason is that uh, you don't get your work done, right? I mean, you spend a lot of time traveling. You spend a lot of time at conferences, but. Your work still stays on your desk. So. so the pandemic was good because you could do everything virtually. In that sense, yes. A lot of accountants <laughs> like that. In yes. that sense, yes, yeah. And what is the, the vision for ETL Global now? You're running things there, you've got some big plans. Yeah, we've got big plans. So plans are, of course, to keep on growing in the same pace or even faster. So 
We are envisaging um, to enter some new markets. We are um, envisaging to work with many other new firms that we want to in integrate into our network, um, even sometimes other associations or other networks that we are working with. Because all the firms we are more and more integrating into our network bring along their own networks. So <laughs> um, it's some kind of growth from within that uh, we need to structure in a way and where we need to find our uh, way of how to either integrate them or um, find ways of working together and um, yeah. And is there a sense, St. Catherine, with your member firms that the pandemic is over and we can get back to normal or this is a new kind of world or the pandemic is still with us? I think it's still with us and it will still continue to be with us for a while, um, but hopefully not in terms of lockdowns, etc. So, but I think um, some changes have taken place. I've just talked to several of our firms and, and realized they all experience the same thing that people are working remotely still that they are hesitant to come back to the offices at the same time workforce retention and recruitment seems to be the issue well next to technology of course but um, we are really in a lack of talent and, and it seems like everybody is at the moment everybody is looking for it's not just the accounting profession is it that's it's true right it's, it's, it's it's all over but of course I'm made mainly talking to accounting firms and everybody's complaining that we need to find people and we need to retain people what are the answers then and Catherine we know there is a talent problem are there any solutions or do we just have to ride it out I think there is no uh, secret recipe that solves all problems uh, at once but there are ways of making uh, workplaces more uh, attractive to people also strengthen like the, the corporate culture and the, the well-being of our colleagues because I think it's not only about money. At some point, people want to feel at home in their comfort zone. And finally, although there are many challenges for accounting firms, what excites you most about the future? And there must be some hope there. Yeah, there is hope, of course. Um, digitalization will make a big change. So there's a lot of projects going on, Final as I can tell. As I can tell from here, all, all colleagues are facing the same thing, so a lot of changes are going to um, take place. This might, at the same time, also be one part of the solution for the HR problem. Yes. <laughs> but digitalization will bring a, lot, a big change. Hopefully good change. Well, I'm Catherine Steinrod of ETL Global. It's great talking to you today. Thank you for your time. Hey, it's Rob Brown here of the Success in Accounting podcast. We are at the International Accounting Forum and Awards. It's the day of the event. We did some interviews yesterday. I'm here with Graham Hall, uh, board advisor. Board advisor to Sterling Technologies. To yes. Sterling Technologies. It's great to be with you, Graham. And it's, this is the calm before the storm. How important is it that Sterling order an event like this? Well, I think we need to be mindful of the fact that you know, this is a, my specific area of expertise over the last three years has been audit tendering. And to that end, you know, we looked at countless different solutions to be able to share information. And Sterling was the standout solution for various reasons. One was the tool was excellent. Two was the security of the tool was outstanding. We could uh, share information as we wished with who we wished, but we also knew who was looking at what. But even more importantly, from my perspective, as somebody who is probably technically unsavvy, um, was the training that Sterling gave to the team, my team, and to all the audit firms. There were 400 representatives of the audit firms involved in our audit tender. And they allocated an hour and a half to each of the firms 
online to train them how to use the tool, how to ask questions, how to moderate questions, and that was absolutely a winner for me. Um, so yeah, Sterling VDR were the standout solution. And you know, I worked with our M&A team at Nestle to decide who we should use, and they all said, Sterling's the boys. Well, is it fair to say there's a bit of tension in audit right now? There's a lot going on. There's a lot changing. There's a special breakfast briefing here at this event. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Yes, there's an awful lot going on. I mean, obviously, in Europe, things began to change back in 2014, where public interest entities are required to tender their audit uh, every 10 years, subject to a, a grace period, obviously. But we need to be mindful that a lot of companies have had the same auditors in place for many, many years. I'm aware of companies that have had them for 70 to 100 years. It's been ever thus, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah, and previously the pressure came from the investment, investor community, uh, board advisors, uh, the audit committees being pressurised by the investor community. But now it's legislated. Then in the UK, we're going one step up. Not only are they adopting the requirements of the EU, but they're now saying if you have a company with a turnover in excess of 750 million, within excess of 750 staff, you are effectively a pie and the legislation will apply to you. What are the key disruptors or challenges for the audit space right now in your mind? Uh, for the audit space, I think right now technology is absolutely key. Um, you know, more, even more so following COVID where audits had to be done remotely. Has it changed the game, Graham, or has it just accelerated what was already happening? Do you I think it was already happening, but I certainly think people suddenly woke up. Um, and I also think, you know, previously we've always talked about the big four. Well, that's no longer necessarily the case. Are you breaking up the big four? I don't know if we're going to break them up, but EY, I'm aware of, are looking at uh, cutting off their audit arm. I think Deloitte are going to do the same. Um, but also, you know, we're looking at whether or not to adopt the French approach, which has a second audit firm, so you don't just have the one, okay. um, which would bring the smaller audit firms into play. Um, and we all know that some of the smaller audit firms are merging together to try and get the size. So yeah, I think things are going to change dramatically over the course of the next year. Tell us briefly, without getting too technical, how technology is changing audit. So by virtue of the fact that you need to do a lot of the work remotely, or, or to get cost effectiveness, you can do remote working. So the fact that you have tools that analyze the data on your client's systems enables you to do all this work from one location. You don't even need to visit the client now, do you? Do any inventory or anything? Yeah, I mean, basically <laughs> what it means is that the local offices of the firms do the face-to-face -face stuff, but centrally they're able to do centralized data analytics, and that helps massively. And the other thing to be mindful of is that the uh, companies are moving things above market. There's shared service centers popping up all over the world, for, certainly for multinationals. And by having centralized data analytics, that makes a massive difference. Mm. Cast your crystal ball over the next couple of years. It's very difficult, isn't it, to predict what's going on, but certainly in the audit space where you have specialty, what do you feel is coming up on the horizon for us? I think there will be further steps forward on centralized data analytics. I think the big four will cut out their audit firms as a separate entity to avoid the pressure that they're under. You're calling it now. The big four would probably say, Graham, what do you know? You, you took semi retirement a year ago. You've been living in Leicestershire and nobody understands what you're talking well, you about. You see the signs, Graham. You've been in this game uh, Absolutely. A long time. I mean, I've worked for two of the biggest multinationals over the last 26 years, uh, and the whole audit process changed. And what was interesting for me was as we went into, or as the decision was made to tender, 
even the incumbents suddenly thought we need to take a step up in terms of centralized data analytics. So I think that's where it's going to go. I think, you know, as companies change, the audit firms will have to change with them. With Sterling blazing a trail, what excites you most about their journey over the next few years? What we have done in Sterling is we have developed a bespoke audit tender solution. One of the biggest challenges for a project manager kicking off an audit tender is the fact you've got to write all of these briefing documents for internal management, for the audit firms, for the board. You've got to work out how to do this, that and everything else. What we've done with the Sterling solution is we've actually already given draft documents in the solution. Also, the, the big question is always when you're doing setting up a data room is what information do you share? With the Sterling solution, we put a draft uh, index in, which means you're three steps up the ladder before you even start. Uh, okay. And there's so much data around, isn't there, as well? <laughs> People said to me when I set up the Nestle uh, data room, Graham, aren't you sharing too much information? And my response was, we'll know that when we see how many questions we get. And from 400 auditors looking at our data room with 50, 60,000 pages of information, we had nine questions, of which three were, we can't open this file. So I was quite happy. What do you feel accounting firms need to be really getting their handle on over the next few years to stay relevant and competitive, not just with audit, but right across the board? I think they need to understand how the commercial world is changing, how the companies are changing, understand the culture of the companies. Because so often they go in for an audit tender and they just assume we're one of the big four, well, we've got big boots, we can do this, not a problem, just trust us. Well, that's no longer the case. You can't trade on your brand anymore. You like can't that. trade on your brand. <laughs> you know, some of the big four are seen more as consulting companies that also do audit, and that needs to change. Well, Graham Hall, that's been terrific. Thank you so much for your time today. Improve your practice while decreasing how hard you work to make your firm really fly. Sponsored by Dext.